Please join me for the prayer for illumination. Let us pray. O God, the Holy Spirit, come to us and among us. Come as the wind and cleanse us. Come as the fire and burn. Come as the dew and refresh. Convict, convert, and consecrate many hearts and lives to our great good and to thy greater glory. And this we ask for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. The scripture reading today is from John 14, verses 15 through 21 and 25 through 27. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will send another companion who will be with you forever. This companion is the spirit of truth whom the world can't receive because it neither sees him nor recognizes him. You know him because he lives with you and will be with you. I won't leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. On that day you will know that I am in my Father. You are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps him loves me. Whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. I have spoken these things to you while I am with you. The companion, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I told you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I give to you not as the world gives. Don't be troubled or afraid. The word of God for the people of God. So I am almost certain that the first comment I will hear on getting through those back doors is, John 14 is a weird text for Mother's Day. Well, so before we even, before we even get there, let's just say out loud, number one, it's the lectionary, so I didn't pick it. <laughs> People smarter than me picked it. And number two, in my limited time as a preacher, I'm not sure that I have yet found a great text for Mother's Day. Um, it, Mother's Day is not technically a liturgical holiday, and so it's kind of a little, a little bit of a juggle. And it doesn't help that Really, biblical pictures of motherhood are complicated. Sarah, yes, Abraham and Sarah, she exiled her stepson and his mother into the desert. Rebecca had twins, but she played favorite so that Isaac could steal Esau's birthright. Uh, Moses' mom put him in a basket in a crocodile-infested river. Even Mary lost the kid in Jerusalem for three days. I mean, my mom felt bad when she lost me in the mall for five minutes. Like, the truth is, sometimes when we think about Mother's Day, we imagine this Norman Rockwell-esque superwoman who can hold down a full-time job and raise the brilliant 2.5 children and keep the house spotless and complete all of the projects on her Pinterest board. But the biblical text doesn't really give you that. 
biblical women are real women. They are full of grace and light, but also anger and spite, and they make mistakes and more than a few questionable decisions along the way. They're human. So what's a preacher to do but turn to the lectionary? And yet the lectionary, um, really, at this point, there is not a woman to be found in it, right? At least not any that they actually talk about. There may have been women among the disciples, but the image we get in John chapter 14 is Jesus talking to the 12 men who have been following him. And really, it's a text all about the Holy Spirit. Yay. We get stuck with the Holy Spirit and it's not even Pentecost. Yay. The, the truth is that sometimes preachers struggle with the Holy Spirit as a subject. Um, starting in about 1970 and forward, every generation gets at least one theologian writing a book about how we don't know how to talk about the Holy Spirit. It's just a perennial favorite for academics. But they're a little bit right. For most of us, the Trinity really is God the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. It's sometimes been called the shy member of the Trinity. We don't always know what to do with the Holy Spirit. I think part of that is it's not a thing that you can see and touch. It's for a lot of people, kind of just that warm, fuzzy feeling when things are well or when you need comfort. And that, that is spirit, it can be spirit. But you heard in our prayer this morning, not just the dew that refreshes, but the fire that refines. Holy Spirit is a intangible, complicated, multifaceted thing. And you know, when I, I live in Dowtown, we do a lot better with things we can quantify on spreadsheets, don't we? We shouldn't feel bad, though. I think the reason that John 14, this, this latter half, even exists is because the disciples were in much the same boat that we are. They had spent three years-ish walking around with Jesus, being his disciples, learning from him, seeing him do miracles. And now we come to the end of his life. John 14 is part of what we call the farewell discourses. They are Jesus' last words of wisdom and instruction to his disciples before the crucifixion. This particular piece probably takes place at the table at the Last Supper. There's a great Mother's Day setting. They, um, they have gathered around to hear from him to learn what they can. Some of them really don't want to believe even that he's about to die. But Jesus knows that time is growing short, that he will not be there physically with them forever. And so he wants to offer them wisdom 
comfort, reassurance, instructions. It's a lot of stuff to get done in a small amount of space. He starts by telling them that the something will come to you. Now the word that gets used in Greek here is paraklesos. There's a word we use. The transliteration is the paraclete. The CEB chose to use the word companion. The companion will come to you. Other translations will choose the advocate. Some don't even try and translate the word because it's one of those funny Greek words that mean about five different things all at once. And John really wants to mean all five at once. The disciples are facing really the end of life as they know it. Everything after the resurrection will be a whole new ball game. And so they need many things. Paraclete, it, it can be comforter, it can be helper, it can be counselor, it can be advocate the one who speaks for. They are gonna need all those things. Jesus, in this moment, uses one of my favorite scriptures. He says, I will not leave you orphaned. I have hung on to that many times in my life. For the disciples, things are about to get tough. They're about to change. But he leads with the promise, I will not leave you orphaned. Another will come to you who will offer comfort in your grief, who will help you be a church, who will give wise counsel on your next steps. And who, th and who through you will speak for the kingdom of God. Jesus sets out a big promise. And you might have been reading some blank looks in the room, because he keeps trying to describe, right? They're not getting spirit of truth. They're not getting paraclete. Okay, so how do I... In that good teacher moment, Jesus says, the spirit, you know the spirit. You know it because you know me. And they knew Jesus. They had traveled with Jesus. They had listened to Jesus. They had slept and ate and camped outside and been dirty and hot and sweaty with Jesus. So I think that might have been the thing that finally hit. The spirit will look like me, but not confined to one person, one time, one space. It will look like what I could be for the whole world. It will be the next thing. It's a beautiful image. And yet it still leaves us with a small struggle. 
Maybe part of the reason that we can't quite always wrap our head around the spirit, where we have what scholars will call a weak pneumatology, is that we haven't spent three years walking around, camping, eating, being hot and sweaty with Jesus. We know Jesus through story, through text, through the spirit, but that becomes kind of a nasty little feedback loop. We haven't had that same kind of physical touch, feel, see, experience of Jesus. And if you're like me, you're the kind of person that understands things a lot better when I can touch and feel and see them. And yet I come back to this description, paraclete, the one who is comforter, helper, counselor, advocate. Comforter, helper, counselor, advocate. The disciples needed to see something in flesh to understand all of that. So Jesus uses the word paraclete and says it looks like me. But you know, paraclete isn't the word we usually use for spirit. In Greek, the word we normally use is pneuma. That's the Greek word for the Hebrew ruach, the spirit, wind, breath. Ruach is the word used in Genesis over the water. It's what God into us to make us human. It's the word used in Proverbs for lady wisdom. See, ruach in Hebrew, which is a gendered language, is feminine. Feminine, comforter, helper, counselor, advocate. Maybe John 14 isn't such a strange text for Mother's Day after all. What if we really have had an in-flesh experience of what spirit can look like? Everybody has a mother. For some people, that is the woman who gave birth to you. For some people, it is a grandmother or an aunt or a stepmom who raised you. For some people, it is a woman who came alongside, who practiced the art of mothering. But everybody has in their life at least one mother. Can you picture her? Can you picture her at her very best? In that moment when you were hurting and you needed comfort. Can you picture her in the moment when the science project hadn't gotten done 
or you didn't know how to prep for the job interview, or you needed help taking care of the kids, and she was the helper? Can you remember the moment when she offered wise counsel, whether you were willing to take it or not? (laughs) Can you picture her in the moment that she taught you to love God is to love your neighbor and to advocate for the kingdom? I think when we picture those mothers in our life at their very best, we glimpse the spirit in flesh. We know, we know in the way that John takes know as a deep spiritual internal being kind of knowledge, we know what spirit is. Because we have seen and touched and listened and hugged. We've been comforted and we've been challenged. Our mothers, at their best, make us the best we can be. They give us not only what we need, but they push us to the next thing. Jesus, he's really intentional about this word, another will come. He wants them to know that the spirit will look like him, but it will also lead them to what is coming next. It will push them further. It will not leave them, but it also won't leave them where they are. This too is true to the history of Mother's Day. Mother's Day was not founded by Hallmark. I am glad to say it. Co-opted, maybe, but not founded. Mother's Day dates back to 1870. It was called for, it was a rally that was called for by a group of women. Uh, The most memorable of them was Julia Ward Howe. Methodist hymn nerds will know Julia Ward Howe because she wrote the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Glory, glory, hallelujah, that one? Yeah, all right. Julia Ward Howe had lived through the Civil War. She had seen what happens when brother turns against brother. She had endured the travesty and the devastation that it wrought upon families. And so with other women, she gathered to say, never again, that is not... God's way, and as women, we will stand up and advocate for something else. If you're a big Facebook person, part of the original Mother's Day proclamation has been making its way around, and I want you to hear a piece of it. Jake's going to help me. Yes. Arise then, women of this day. Arise All women who have hearts, whether their baptism be of water or of tears. As men have often forsaken the plow and the anvil at the summons of war, let women now leave all that may be left of home for a great and earnest day of counsel. 
Let them first meet as women to bewail and commemorate the dead. Let them then solemnly take counsel with each other as to the means whereby the great human family can live in peace, each bearing after their own kind the sacred impress, not of Caesar, but of God. Let us come together for comfort. Let us take wise counsel. And then let us proclaim not the ways of the world, but the ways of God. That sounds a lot like Holy Spirit to me. We have been given a great gift. We are not left orphan, but have been taught what the one who comforts, who helps, who counsels, and who advocates looks like, feels like, seems like. I hope that this Mother's Day, you will honor the woman who have taught you what Holy Spirit really means. But that you would also go forward from this day, seeking where the Spirit would have you advocate next. Amen.